Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or lost your 10th gratitude journal, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. A year ago this week, I launched the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. What had started out as a 30 days of self-love project turned into something much bigger than I had ever imagined. I am so proud to be almost at 100 episodes in my first year of this podcast and so excited that I've been able to share interviews with over 75 people with you on the podcast. It's such an exciting time for the podcasting space, and I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for every time you listen to an episode. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends, and thank you for your continued loyalty to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. Over the next several weeks, I'll be launching many new podcast episodes with the goal of sharing the 100th episode with you on January 1st. 2021. Stay tuned because there's also going to be a fun giveaway to go with the 100th episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm so excited to share with you another great podcast interview with you, so please help me welcome our newest guest. Teresa Lambert made the decision to leap without a net and move to Canada over a decade ago to follow her heart and her passion. She created an incredible success story, working her way from front desk to the GM of a boutique hotel in only a few short years. Her drive and determination eventually led to burnout, and she courageously stepped away from her role this past January to pursue her dream of writing a book and being a full-time coach. Our conversation is full of wisdom, grace, and gratitude. Teresa is the best-selling author of Achieve with Grace, a guide to excellence and effectiveness in intense workplaces. She founded her coaching and consulting firm, Teresa Lambert Coaching and Consulting, Inc., to teach high-achieving women to succeed with more elegance and less struggle. She's originally from Stuttgart, Germany, and now lives in Whistler, BC, where you can often find her on the golf course in the summer months or relaxing by a fireplace in the winter. Please welcome our newest guest on the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I have another very special guest today that I'm really excited to get into this interview. So I just want to say welcome to Teresa Lambert. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you and another fellow BC person. So we're in the same time zone, which makes it really fun. And Teresa and I connected actually through this really wonderful uh, group of women that connect um, virtually, you know, it's a lovely organization. We briefly met and then we kind of played Instagram message tag for like over a month. And finally, finally we connected and I started to understand better her story and how she would be such a great guest on the podcast. She's a best-selling author, a professional coach, mindset strategist, and a speaker. And what I love is like many of the guests that I have on the show is her story is a story of transformation, a story of change, and a story of listening to your intuition and following your heart and your gut and how, you know, at the end, I mean, the story, you know, 
there's a good ending to the story, at least where we are right now. But I love that um, she's been through some really big challenges and overcome things. And I just, I'm so excited to share your story with our, with our audience. So if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us, you know, an overview, a little bit about kind of the things that I've been hinting about in your intro. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I'm going to keep it rapid fire, but really the first time I really listened to my gut was when I packed my bags in 2005 to go backpacking through South America. And it led me to Whistler, BC, where I ended up meeting my now husband. That was a long time ago. And uh, through some injury, ended up realizing that it was probably good to come back to Canada. And uh, interestingly enough, when I had repacked my bags for a second time after recovering from um, a bad knee break, I uh, told my mom that I was going to be probably not coming back. So that was a bit of a shocker, but so I'm pretty radical when I start to feel like that I have to be in the right place. And so I came back to Whistler. And my goal had always been to become a hotel GM. So I continued to work in restaurants and then eventually uh, started to work in a hotel, uh, the beautiful Needle Lake Lodge. And within three years, actually things were happening and I was offered a GM role at age 29. I thought the owner had gone crazy, but I said yes anyways. And uh, yeah, I was in that role. It was absolutely incredible, but about three years in, I started to not feel like myself again. It was like I had all the success. I was feeling numb on the inside. And so I was really burnt out. At the time, I didn't really know that. And I seeked help everywhere because I was running, I was eating well, but something just didn't match up. And ultimately led me to sign up for a health coaching certification, which got me into the coaching world. And that sort of kickstarted my journey of transformation and really redefining success. And about three years later, I was faced with yet another big decision to listen to my gut. And I had been offered a VP role to continue to grow the businesses. And um, I decided to resign from my GM role to decline the job offer and to actually finally you go full throttle, both feet into my coaching business. And that was this January and ended up writing a book, becoming a best-selling author, redefining everything and now being on this podcast with you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Wow. There is a lot. And I, I love too that. Um, I love what you said when we were, because we were connecting before we started recording and you mentioned you're from Germany, from Stuttgart, if I am correct. And, you know, you mentioned about this feeling of never really fitting in and this feeling of like packing your backpack and traveling, which I have also done. <laughs> I also, after at around the same age as you, I packed my bag and went and traveled with my best friend around Europe for nine weeks. And that actually also had a huge catalyst and impact on my life. And so you kind of take us back to that time where, you know, you're 21, you're not like, things just aren't working. You're not fitting in. How do you actually get the courage to just put everything in a backpack and go? Wow. You know, I think for me at that time, I just really felt that I needed to do this. Like I, I really felt I needed to do this. It was 
for me also a healing journey. Mm -hmm. um, I had read in a book actually, or maybe it was an article, like I can't quite remember, but I was reading somewhere that if you want to heal from trauma, if you want to heal from pain, if you want to sort of transform your experiences, one way of doing that is to every day consciously find something that's really beautiful that you see even along the road and you look at it and you decide that that is going to replace one of your experiences that you like to let go of. And so then I had this fluky idea to go traveling, which I, I just always had this like bug to travel. And so this completely rebellious idea to travel through South America on my own seemed like the perfect opportunity for me to put this all into motion. And yeah, I literally just acted upon that side of me that was like, this is right, do this. Um, and I, I just, I was like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? <laughs> And people told me all the bad things that were going to happen, but I wasn't going to listen. I was like, no, I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this. And uh, yeah, so this journey was incredible for me. And it was really a lot about healing. I did a lot of journaling, a lot of writing. I spent a lot of time, you know, traveling on buses, looking out of the window, experiencing new things. And the truth was I was traveling by myself, but I was never alone. I met the most incredible people along the way and it let me here. I... I love that about traveling and it, we are in an interesting time where, you know, travel is not the same as it was. We're living through this pandemic. We might be coming out of the other side, maybe in six to eight months, but there will be a lot of young people of the same age that would have done the same kind of travel and just, you know, for circumstances might not have been able to. I do look back at that time in my own life when I traveled, you know, I ended up going back to Switzerland. So I'm from Canada and I went back to Switzerland, which is a place that had taken my heart when I had traveled. It had, you know, and I ended up living overseas for two and a half years. So I can understand. It's so funny sometimes, like, you know, you meet Europeans and they're like, oh my gosh, Canada is so beautiful, so wonderful. And then you're the Canadian and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many wonderful, beautiful things in Europe, right? It's so funny how sometimes, not always, but we we miss the beauty in our own backyard and we, you know, we find it somewhere else and it really is very magical. And I love that practice that you talked about is just finding that beauty every single day and then replacing something that you wanted to let go. I've never heard that before. And I think that's powerful. That's a, an interesting, you know, if you, if you're thinking about gratitude, right. The gratitude for the, the beauty of the thing and the noticing and then the replacing of the memory. I, I, that's a very cool thing. It's amazing. I love that that stuck with you after all these years. So yeah, and I have no, I wished I, I wished I could refine that article. And who knows, maybe it was in my head. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> maybe it was my imagination, but it worked. Yeah. It works and it still works. And so yeah, I never, I never let go of that. Wow. I never let go of that. And uh, still now, you know, talking about 2020. And, and I think, you know, there has been lots of difficulty. There has been lots of change. There have been painful experiences for people. And, you know, even throughout this time, that was something that I sort of anchored in was this whole, you know, when you get pulled into those days where you're like, you're really sad and, and there's so much, you know, or things just aren't working the way you had hoped them to, is to come back to that. And now actually for me now, it has evolved into a gratitude practice where I'm actually then really being like, okay, well, I can look at the this not working or I can look at this as 
you know, an opportunity to be grateful for yet another learning that will help me progress. And so I, I'm just a big fan of flipping. You know, you can always flip perspectives. And um, I think that's how you really transform. It's by changing the perspective, by changing your viewpoint and being open to look at it from a different angle and to see what that angle looks like. Because what do you have to lose? Well, that's a big question. What do you have to lose? Like, you know, what is the cost of, you know, get packing the backpack or quitting the job or launching a business and then a pandemic two months later? So I, I'm definitely a little bit curious to hear that part of your story because you said you launched your business in January of 2020. Yeah, I had, I had sort of done it like part-time-ish, um, yeah, yeah, I, I did it sort of on the side for almost three years, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, that was sort of like part of it, but, um, what got me to jump, you know, there was this beautiful conversation I had with a friend and I actually wrote about this in my book as well. And we were talking about, this whole idea that if you follow your intuition, if you follow the thing that feels right, that makes no sense, right? Like, let's name it what it is. Like there's decisions in your life that make no sense mm -hmm. for me at, you know, 35 to decline a VP role and to go out on my own and, you know, literally say, this is the past and I'm choosing the future seemed like the insane choice to make. But when we lean into that, there is this invisible net and that net will always catch you. And so I remember having this beautiful conversation um, with my friend and uh, it always stuck with me because it's so true, right? When I packed that ba bag and, and started traveling, it transformed the way I see the world. It transformed mm -hmm. me, my perspective. When I decided to stay, you know, had that accident and then decided to come back and go back to Canada when I decided to figure out a way to stay, when I said yes to that GM role, like they, they all seemed decisions that didn't really make sense. Yet I chose faith over logic. And then that catches you, like it catches you and it allows you to get to, you know, that next level that, you know, of yourself, like it, it sort of unleashes what's ready to come out if you, if you trust that intuition, if you take that leap and um, I get a bit of a high out of it. <laughs> it, however, it is a difficult thing for a lot of us to do is really like listen and quiet so that we can follow our intuition so that we can make those intuitive leaps. Um, you know, it's interesting you talk about, you know, you came back to Canada. For me, a little story that most people don't really know is that what happened was I, um, so I had done my trip, my nine weeks and I fall in love with Switzerland. And then in the meantime, I got married to the wrong person. Um, you know, we bought a house, all these things. I had a job and in a, the course of about six months, my marriage ended. I moved back in with my parents and my contract for my job was ending. And I remember that my, my sister at the time was living overseas. So I had booked, I'd booked a one-way ticket just to visit her, but just a one-way ticket. And I remember that, you know, I started applying for jobs online to see if I could end up working in Switzerland. And even though I was offered, so I had always wanted a job to work in sales, like an inside sales. And I was offered the job, I was offered a new job with a new company for inside sales. 
It would have been like a 45 minute commute every single day. I was living at my parents, newly divorced. And I was like, this seems like the logical thing to do. But in my heart, I was like, or just get on a plane and see if this Europe thing works out. And I did. And I, you know, the, the job, the summer job ended up turning into another job. I ended up like, I ended up basically, you know, working overseas for two years. And my last year there, I was working um, at one, I was working at a school internationally. And I share my part of the story just to say like, what you say about when you listen and you're doing what not is not expected of you as hard as it might feel at the time it could be you know the decision that leads to magic and miracles like you said that invisible net so very very cool i love how you put that together friends we'll be right back to the podcast after a short word from our sponsor Friends, I don't know about you, but this time of year, one of my priorities is staying healthy. As we go into the long and dark winter months, it becomes harder and harder to do all the things that we would normally do to keep our immune system healthy, like getting outside, enjoying the sunshine. You know, I live on Vancouver Island. There's a lot of rain and gray days. And, you know, if you know me, I love to go out to the beach and catch the sunrise or sunset, but my goodness, when there's only about eight hours of daylight, it definitely makes it hard to stay healthy. So I wanted to share with you one of my secrets for staying healthy and keeping my immune system in check. And that is that for the past 16 years, I've been trusting my own health and my family's health to the nutritional supplements that are provided by USANA Health Sciences. I've been partnered with them for the past 16 years, and what I want to share with you is just a foundation um, of nutritional supplements to help you to stay healthy this winter season. So what I've put together is a very simple combination of foundational products for our healthy immune system and to keep our cells happy and renewing well during these dark, dark, long winter days. So what I'd like you to do is check out this link. It's a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly forward slash healthy pandemic life. Very simple bit.ly slash healthy pandemic life. That's all lowercase because bit.ly is our case sensitive. And all I've done is shared with you some of my favorite USANA products. So I've shared our vitamin D product. I've shared our poly C, which is a vitamin C product and pro glucamine, which is a mouthful to say, but the long and the short of it is that it's a beautiful mushroom powder product with beta glucans and zinc to help prime your immune system all year round. These are products I take every single day. I have for over a decade and I wouldn't miss a day. So check that out. Healthy Pandemic Life. It's a bit.ly link and I'll be happy to take care of all your nutritional needs through USANA Health Sciences. So you had said to me earlier that, you know, when you left to travel, you were going to go to school to be a hotel GM in Austria, right? You were going to do a course, but then you ended up getting there anyway. So explain that to me because you didn't go to that program. So how did that manifest? Um, you know, I think that I'm, I, I'm very stubborn. <laughs> I, 
when I set my uh, mind towards something, I can't really rest until I get there. Like there's just this energy that comes with that, that is quite powerful. And I've, I've definitely learned to manage that energy because it's not always the most um, healthy to just lean into that. But what ended up happening was that, um, you know, I, I started to just use my strength of seeing when things aren't working and, you know, sharing this whole idea of changing the perspective and really asking myself, well, how, you know, what could work? What could work? How could we make this work? Um, how could it be different? And really thinking about, you know, long-term, like not the quick fixes, but how could I make that better so that in three months from now, I don't have to, you know, be in that same situation again. And uh, it turned out that with the property I was at, um, that was really timely. There were, you know, there was a lot of sort of change that had happened. And so I saw it as an opportunity to show up every day and figure out, you know, how could we make it better? How could it work? How could we really make those changes? And I just did one change at a time. And that's how I started sort of, you know, as a front desk person, I had actually applied for a supervisor role. They, they said I didn't have enough experience at the time. A month later, somebody left. I got the supervisor job after all, um, and then continued to walk down that path, really, you know, holding on to that I can do this and I wanted to make this work. So I was absorbing as much information, like a bit of a sponge and then applying that knowledge um, back into implementing things that would have longer, you know, lasting um, impacts. And so probably 12 months into that role, um, I, uh, I was kind of not sure if I was gonna stay um, because of everything that was going on with the business, it was just definitely a difficult time. And so uh, ultimately they offered me a front office manager role. And so again, I was like, well, you know, put your, put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> like if you, you know, if you think you can do it, right. Like go for it. So I said yes to that. And then there was a big, um, again, management company changed, people left, there was some drama going on. And again, like things were broken and at that point already, people were like, oh, this isn't working. What are we going to do? And they were coming to me for advice and support. And so, and as I always did, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, well, give me some time. I'm going to figure this out. And, and again, like implemented solution after solution. And so ended up with revenue management on my hat. So I was the front office and revenue manager. And then a new GM came in. And he wanted more support operationally. So I became the operations and revenue manager, um, took over uh, housekeeping, the front office, engineering, and still had the revenue management. And then uh, when there was another change, uh, the owner came to me and asked me to step in temporarily, actually, at the time. And uh, yeah, a month in, he's like, I, I, you've got the job if you want it. <laughs> and so that is how that all unfolded. But it was really, you know, it was there was a lot of grit there at the time, a lot of doing, but a lot of just you know this whole willingness to show up, yeah, and really figure out you know how could it work, and then just try things, you know, be willing to try things, and again, 
I really had nothing to lose because I was like, well, if it's not working, it's not going to make it worse. And I think that's always been an attitude that's really helped, right? Like when we start to accept that we're already experiencing something, we're already feeling something and then realize that, you know, there's really only one way. And that is to either stay in the same space or to make it better or to create something that feels better. Um, you know, then we start to be freed from those fears and those limitations that some of these, you know, things put on us. But so that was really my journey. You know, I dared to fail. I dared to get it wrong every single time. And when I did, it worked. And I mean, at times I was like, how is this even possible? <laughs> right. I mean, I, yeah. I could become a GM at 29 without a hotel management degree a really big business background. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. And, and it, uh, you know, I remember leaving and, um, even my, the owner of the company who was at, the, at my wedding, actually we had the wedding and, and he said, you know, he said to me, like, don't forget, like you're a rock star. You've done so much. Like you, you know, you've got a gift. And that meant so much to me to hear that from, you know, someone who's, who's got, um, you know, an incredible track record and has done a lot really well in his life. Um, so yeah, like that was huge for me. Right. But it's that trusting and, and, and allowing yourself to get it wrong. And it continues to be a lesson. You know, there's days where I, I lean into the fear for sure. Like there's days where I crumble, but I go back to that, you know, go back to those moments, but yeah, it was showing up for it. Show up for it. It, when you, you tell your story, it sounds like you were an intrapreneur. So you were acting as an entrepreneur within another business, which is actually a really amazing. So not all businesses are comfortable with that. You know, I'll tell you, I worked in corporate for many years and some companies were okay with me wanting to propose changes and make things better and, and work, you know, fix these things. And other companies were like, this is the way we do things. We don't want the changes. So you really, it sounds like you had a really unique opportunity to act as an entrepreneur in a company that respected you and gave you space to try things and fail. What a unique experience. And I love that you leaned into that and those lessons carry on to you being an entrepreneur. But then what happened, right? You said that all of a sudden, you know, you, you weren't, you were doing all the things, eating healthy the running and just, you still, something wasn't right. How, what happened there? Like what, it seemed like everything should have been going right. You had your dream job. You've been wanting this your whole life. You're 29 years old. You're married. Everything seems like it should be perfect, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I think we have this idea of how things should be right? Like we have this idea of what success means and what we get from it. And I think that there's also, you know, what I realized is that there's a lot of stories. Like we have a lot of stories around, you know, what does it mean to be successful? What that, does that mean about how I need to show up? And for me, you know, part of being successful was this whole story around you know, being successful means you are struggling being successful means it's hard you know being at the top it's normal that you feel lonely like i you know i was leaning into a lot of the story or maybe even myths around success and what it would take to to stay there and make it as a woman in business i very much felt like you know like uh, 
a woman in a man's world, you know, it was true. Like I, I was, and on top of it, I was really young. And so I felt this constant need to have to prove my worth, to have to prove that I could do it. And I was really obsessed with that. So this drive to achieve all these goals, it's like, once I was there, it wasn't enough. Like that wasn't enough for me to feel the sense of worth, to feel that, you know, I was made for, for it. So really, you know, I found myself in this in this pattern of just working all the time. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't stop anything. I was like, okay, next, next, like next goal. Let's crush this. Let's push the numbers. Let's push the numbers. And we did. Like we accelerated. Like it was it was crazy. And I was there pushing everybody else. But really, you know, completely disconnected with um you know, my essence or what, how, how do I fit into this? How, you know, where's there space to breathe? And, you know, I think that was such a tough lesson to learn because I built all the success to find myself drowning in it, drowning in it. And that was just so, so, I mean, that was so hard to grasp, eh? And then it felt like I was failing. So I started to just not be able to see it anymore. We were knocking out goals and I'd be like, yeah, let's celebrate the goal. But I would literally go home and be like, okay, well, that wasn't good enough. So how can we do it better? Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't accept it. And uh, yeah, it just drove me to work, 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 work more, do more, work harder. And constantly in fear of, being fired and, and fear of losing it all and fear that someone would take it all away from me and if I stopped. And yeah, so. Wow, <laughs> that is, wow. I feel like a lot of listeners are gonna be able to relate with what you're saying, right? This like, you're achieving, you're achieving, you're achieving, it just doesn't feel good. It just doesn't, you're checking off the boxes, you're yeah, let's have a celebration. And you're just, it's never enough and never enough and never enough. I feel like this kind of leads to your book, which the title is achieve with grace, a guide to elegance and effectiveness in intense workplaces. So I feel like this intense, obviously workplace that you were in this journey you did with the coaching was, you know, where the book kind of came from. I love, I read that you wrote it in 28 days. So Tell me the story of the book. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to write a book. That's another gut hunch right there, you know, but I never really knew what to write about. It just kind of seemed flat. Um, and then there was parts of my life that I, I just don't, you know, they're mine and, and they're there to be kept mine and to honor them that way. But yeah, I uh, obviously after I'd left um, in January, I, you know, throughout the fall, even after I had made that decision, I was faced with a lot of sort of questioning around, you know, who am I? Like, who am I if I'm not the GM of a, of a luxury boutique hotel? I had thought I had put myself in a good position, but, you know, we learned that we're like onions. The more layers come off, <laughs> the deeper you get. And, and those, you know, final layers, as we know, aren't as easy to peel off. And so um, January came around and I was like, okay, well, this book, like, could I, could I write a book? Could it sort of help, you know, understand even what I do? Like, how do I even help people? Right. I, I kind of felt really confused. 
And so um, March came around, I had some opportunities, March 14th hit, they all fell through. So I lost a, a fair amount of business. And I had already hired a book coach at the time um, to help me write this book. And so here we are, right? Lockdown. I've got nothing, like no business. I think I had like, I had a few clients that are in a group program, but it wasn't that much work. So really for me, from what I was used to, it was like, there was nothing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write. And I literally just sat down and it just all flooded out. Like the whole, it just all flooded out. So literally every day I sat down and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and it was soul cleansing Mm -hmm. and it gave me clarity beyond what I had at the beginning of the year. And so the writing process was a way for me to, to sort of process everything that had happened and process also, you know, my own transformation, my own success and my own ability to have shifted and changed what it needs to look like when we succeed and how we can re, you know, connect with a more balanced way of achieving our goals and manage that, you know, that side that I was spoken about earlier that just kept pushing, yeah. managing that inner achiever side of me, finding the time and the space to practice gratitude, to look after myself, to, you know, actually appreciate those moments in between where everything can stop for just a split second. And it gives me goosebumps even talking about it. But so it just came out. It, it just came out. And so, yeah, in 28 days, the rough outline of the book oh. was done. And, uh, you know, I remember as we sort of continued the journey and I was rereading what I wrote, I was like, did I write this? Because it was so much that came out that when I was reading it again, I was like, oh my God, that is a brilliant. And I was like, I can't believe I wrote that. I sort of was like a little bit like, you know, taken by myself because when you write and I I wouldn't reread it because it was just driving me crazy. So I had to just write it. And then as I went back to pieces, I was like, wow. And it taught me more, even more about my mind and how it works and assumptions I made. And, and yeah, it was just, it, that was the best decision. You know, it d- didn't matter anymore if anyone would buy the book. It didn't matter what would happen. Um, it was really, I was like, I've already won because I've processed information I really needed to process. And I have clarity now. I never, I didn't have that before. And I felt like now I have a platform I can actually move forward with. Now I have a foundation I can launch from. And that, that felt so good. You know, I think too, as an entrepreneur to have clarity is huge. So, yeah. Oh, so powerful that, that like automatic writing that just where the writing just comes and you just write it and you unedit it, like just let it out. I think that's such a key tapping into the creative field, allowing that, allowing the words to come through you. So I'm so excited that, you know, you allowed that and you birthed this book for us. Thank you. That's amazing. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, learning to practice gratitude about pausing in between the moments. What does your gratitude practice look like today? So really for me, like I have a reminder that goes off at noon every day. Um, and it's a, it's a gratitude reminder that, that really just, it's a question that says, you know, what are you grateful for right in this moment? 
And so every day at noon, when that goes off, I just take a moment to pause and, and really just, you know, look at just everything. And sometimes it's, you know, being grateful for, for getting up and showing up. Right. Um, I, I think that what I've learned is that I, I used to feel like we had to be grateful for these humongous things. And then I started to notice small things were okay. And that's when it became a daily practice. So the reminder, and then I journal, like I spent, um, you know, every morning I, I have a silent minute practice, which I share in my book, what that exactly is. Um, but I journal and what I've really found recently is that the whole thing around being in gratitude and you know people would share this with me like to be in gratitude most moments in your day and I always was like I don't get it like I don't understand <laughs> I was like I want to understand it but I don't and what I found recently is that naturally every day when I journal I write down, you know, I, I end up writing down what I'm grateful for, even, you know, being grateful for this life, being grateful for this moment, being grateful to have this thought. And so it's, it's again, it's been a practice that has evolved and it, it's just become so powerful because when we're focusing on the gratitude, when we're focusing on, on you know, the abundance and, and everything that's there, we're able to just breathe easier through the moments that feel tough. And yeah, that alone, I'm so grateful for. Wow. That I love too, that you said it evolved and it, that is a gratitude practice is always evolving. So that's absolutely beautiful. I love that so much. The reminder that gratitude can be simple and it really is the easiest way to remember to be grateful is having that rem that reminder, that alarm. What a great idea. Teresa, I have just loved our time together. Thank you so much for being, you know, authentic, for sharing the hard parts of your story with us, for sharing the, the parts that were difficult and maybe not that pretty, but I, I appreciate that you leaned in and shared those with us today. Where do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? Um, yeah, first, thank you so much for having me. That was such an inspiring and chat that will keep me lifted throughout my day. Um, best place to hang out with me really these days is my Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching. And from there, you can find all sorts of links to my website and how to contact me in my bio. But that's where I spend most of my time. You can hear me yapping on IGTVs, sharing stories. Um, so I'm most active there. So that's a fantastic place to connect with me. Oh, so good. Yes. I, I love following you on Instagram. It, it's nice to have, you know, to really curate our feed, to follow people that bring goodness into our life, but also people that are authentic. You know, it's important to understand that, um, we all go through the difficult times and it is that gratitude practice that helps reset and get us back on track. And you've really shown how that's, that's been in your life. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm, I'm thankful for you sharing that. So Thank you again, Teresa. And I'm just so excited to share this with our community. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I have a little surprise for you. Did you hear me at the beginning of the podcast when I mentioned there's going to be a giveaway? Well, guess what? You can enter right now. It's really simple. All you have to do is visit wakeupwithgratitudepodcast.com and click on enter the giveaway to enter right now before the 100th episode even drops. 
I'll be giving away a number of items from my Wake Up With Gratitude shop, including my book, some cards, and a beautiful journal, as well as some special one-on-one time for us together to talk about whatever it is that you choose to. Maybe you're looking to start a podcast, you've got some business advice you're looking for, or maybe you just want to chat. Whatever it is, that time will be for us. So go to wakeupwithgratitudepodcast.com to enter today.